Oh no. But wait, but why don't you have a computer? You don't use your computer for work? Of course I use the computer for work. Um, just, it's just, well, it's, I mean, I, I use a computer to type my notes, emails, all of that. But for the virtual visits, it's just easier to have kind of a separate iPad. I do those. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I like go to the side to my computer. <laughs> because you, you know, you can do the dual screen, right? Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But also the way, so it's not when I see my patients as well, it's also not like we, we don't use Zoom or Skype or things like that. We're using mm -hmm. like software that's protected. So through okay. our medical record system. So awesome. also in order to use a lot of these programs, like we have to get them set up by the hospital. So I had to get like things approved and stuff on my iPad to be able to then conduct like the visits mm -hmm. on my iPad. It, it's a whole it's a process. Is, is what it's a saying. process. Yeah. As you're yes. saying that, I'm looking at my desk. I have five screens in front of me. <laughs> what do you have five screens for? Oh well, no. So I have. Well, I have. I have the computer, the the MacBook that I'm talking to you on right now, and then I have okay. a monitor, my iPad, another MacBook, and then my phone. Are you yeah, doing like two screen. podcasts at one time? Yeah. Is there someone else, someone else, someone else on the other end? <laughs> yep. I ask the same questions and then it's the, do you have the different responses? <laughs> we'll see who does that better. Way, see who uh, does yeah. That, that's how I really, <laughs> that's how I filter through the people that's on the show. I just, I, they, they compete against each other head to head. Little do they know. You know, you know that I love a good competition. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That's not a bad idea. You have me thinking, you know what, that I might try to plug that into the podcast. Hey, if you want to go up with against somebody in a dual podcast episode battle to see who's going to make That'd it be fun. you can play games like you can oh, do yeah. little quizzes and competitions well because you can have more than one person on zoom too so you know what maybe yeah. i could do like a group uh a group show stay tuned for a group uh, show now the wheels are turning that's definitely going to happen see so that guest appearances that. Yeah. yeah well i mean i guess i guess i am a guest appearance but like a, an additional guest, guest. yeah <laughs> All right. Um, how you doing? How's your day going? The day is going. Day is going. It's. I actually am off of work today. Because you're moving, right? Or you you had furniture. I moved. I moved. I had a furniture delivery that I've been waiting on for what feels like a lifetime. I was gonna um, say. I'm pretty sure you've been in the process of moving <laughs> for months now. Uh, like, yeah. No. Like no. No. Since okay. the summer. Since the summer. Not okay. Not months. It was September, so I don't know what day it is, or where, well, I don't know when it is. I don't it's know what day it is either. We, I, we, we're on the same page. It's December. It's December, approaching December. Yeah. It's the end of November. God, and then orient well. yourself. But yeah, so I've been well. waiting on this one delivery, and unfortunately, with like furniture deliveries, they give you this huge block of time. And mm -hmm. with my work schedule, it doesn't really just allow me to have that kind of flexibility of like, sure, I can be around. Mm -hmm any four hour time slot and yeah. i have actually a good chunk of vacation days that i haven't used so just for the uh nice. to reduce the stress load i i took today off and i got my dresser and two bed side tables and here we are podcasting now <laughs> podcasting speaking of okay you know what we're gonna dive into work and then patience and everything that you do but let's go ahead and make this intro. What do you want your intro to be? 
You can't put me on the spot like that. Yes, I can. That's exactly Shades what I'm in the back. Right can we make yeah. it dog? Dog. Shade? I love dogs. Do you have a puppy though? <laughs> I don't have my own puppy, but my parents' puppy is essentially my oh. sister and my brother as well. Oh, see, that. this is the best podcast ever. You know what? So you know what? Look, if you see he's he's eating, you know what he'll do? So he'll take his food and then he'll he'll bring it back to the ottoman because he I'm here. So like wherever I'm at, he'll bring his food to where I'm at and he'll eat next to me. Wait, um, is he just eating his look, look, so he's getting his food like and watch his... it. he'll he'll bring it back. Yeah, his little parcels and his food. And like do you call it, it do you call it do you call it kibble? Uh, I just say food. I say parcels I like the little I'm bringing I'm bringing this up to my brother's dog is I, I don't even know how to describe he has to eat his dinner like he's on a clock and he eats dinner really early mm-hmm. when he hears the word kibble he goes manic oh that your your brother's my, puppy my brother's dog so right now okay. long long story but my the two dogs are living together my brother is currently at home with his mm-hmm. now fiance shout out to my brother who just got engaged um so they're moving back to the city but he will start jumping going like you know when it's his dinner time because mm-hmm. he will let you know he mm-hmm. jumps you can't say the word kibble if you say the word he goes he goes wild i i think i think it might be a you know what, everyone, this is Amanda Charles, uh, if you don't know. So usually what I'll do, look, I mean, I was going to read your Instagram bio and you have peace, ABC, peace. I don't know what that, what does that mean? I mean, I, an Instagram bio, my, my, what are my initials? What's your middle name? You're not going to guess? Bethany. No. So my uh, middle name is Brooke. My middle name is Brooke. Uh, I'm just for the sake of not being here forever. So my initials, my initials are ABC. This is all, wait, stop. This is all backwards. I feel I'm like out of orientation right now. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Safe for the Stories podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Elijah. <laughs> Joining me today is Amanda Childs. Amanda, Amanda Other- Brooke Childs. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Wow. That, I don't know why. That was Should so I have more of an off. Instagram? Should yes. I have more of an yes. Instagram? Because uh, you, you, you're- you know what? Uh, wait, 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 hold on. Let me let okay. me think of a clever one. Um, we can turn this into wait, a contest. Psychiatrist or psychologist? No. One of the other. I, one of them is right. Uh, marathoner, current runner. She used to do cheerleading for a while, <laughs> and like and, and every other Do not plug of. that I was a cheerleader. I was um, not a cheerleader. Amanda Childs, how you doing? See, that I'm was the good. intro. That was what the intro. an intro. Yeah. What an intro. It's oh, about 50% you know accurate. And Shade, I mean, you're stealing the show. I, know. I don't even need to be here. Hey, dude. If he could talk, man, if he could talk, I would, oh, he'd be such a good. Don't you? I know. Uh, you know that question of like, what superpower would you want to have? I was mm-hmm. recently thinking like, if I could know what dogs or what animals are thinking or saying. That's a good but one. then again, someone said to me, they're like, you might be very disappointed. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. With, or they may not actually be saying much, but anyway. Or what are they saying about you? Is actually. <laughs> Could I, I, have, I do not want to know what they're saying about me because they're probably like this lunatic. <laughs> this crazy person. All right. Um, All right. So, no. So, what, what, what do you do for work? I, so, psychology or wait. So, no, sociology, psychology. No. Psych, I forgot. All right. So, we're going to. So, I am a psychologist. Psychologist. I'm a psychologist. Psychologist. All right, not... right, right there. 
what's the difference psychology and what's the other one you're thinking of a psychiatrist yes yeah okay so psychiatrist has a md they're a medical doctor Mm -hmm. they've gone they've gone to med school okay so like a lot of doctors you know they go to med school and then they do their residency and they specialize in psychiatry so they're the ones that you'd see i guess the most simple way is they prescribe medication right so Mm -hmm. medications antidepressants other kind of medications you might take for mood um that's something you would see a psychiatrist for so i did not go to med school. I was in grad school for <laughs> a very large chunk of my 20s. Um, so I got my doctorate degree in clinical psychology and I do what you call like talk therapy. And okay. by the type of work I do, I guess we can talk about that if you're yeah. interested or I'm anyone's into, interested. I, I, but I am, yeah. Yeah, so I think when people think, you know, you're a psychologist, I think they jump to, oh, you must work with a psychiatric population, right? So people Mm. with mental health, and obviously mental health is hugely important to me. Um, But I work in rehabilitation medicine. Um, So I specialize in what's called like rehab psychology and neuropsychology. So I work with patients with all different forms of chronic illnesses, disabilities, so forth. They're essentially in rehab, rehabilitating, all different areas from physical therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, seeing their, you know, neurologist, physiatrist, so forth. And then as a psychologist, we're part of the team. So Mm. I see patients with all forms of brain injuries from concussions to more severe traumatic brain injuries, other neurological conditions, stroke, MS, Parkinson's. Um, And I actually do a lot of work now with our cancer center. So I see, you know, cancer patients, all different types of cancer from early stage to unfortunately some terminal cases as well. Mm-hmm. So my days can be sometimes a little heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, and you mm-hmm. work, for, you work at MSK, right? I do not. Oh, I, that's the only hospital. Uh, yeah. So, well, it's actually funny. I've done a lot. Well, if, when we talk about my running related stuff, I actually uh, was like kind of a mentor for MSK's Memorial Sloan Kettering for their Mm-hmm. athletic fundraising platform running team but I work at NYU hospital I've been at NYU oh, yeah, yeah. god for almost I want to say like nine years now it's kind of crazy my I did my when I was in grad school I did my internship there it's kind of like a med school residency type thing so mm-hmm. we apply to internship our last year when we're like in the process of doing our dissertation we apply we, I applied actually places all around the country. I matched at NYU, which was my top choice. So I was there. I did a two-year fellowship after that at NYU. And then when I was done, they hired me. So I've been on staff as a first staff psychologist. Now I'm senior psychologist there for, I don't know, long time. So you basically like, you run the department. I do right. not run the department. Oh. No. <laughs> that, that's probably soon to come though. You're probably right. Not too far behind we'll from running we'll your own we'll say. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, wait, I was gonna say, no. So what? So you NYU was your top place to go, right? And then you're from New York, yes. I am. Yes, I'm In from Manhattan. <laughs> I'm not from Manhattan. From I'm a bit north of the city, Westchester County. Mm. Shout out to Westchester. And we oh, like to refer to it as the best chest. <laughs> wow. Is that a real uh, thing? Really, 
Uh, I mean, it can be. I'm going to probably embarrass myself now saying that, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. So pretty close to the city, which was, it was nice because growing up had the, you know, suburban life, but really close to the city. Mm-hmm. I, my town is on actually the Hudson River. Oh, so nice. when you go down, yeah, it's, it's, we have like a bunch of fields. I actually used to play softball. Like my softball field was on the water. Like if you hit a really far home run, I guess you could hit it into the Hudson River. Mm-hmm. Um, but Did if you, you look to the left, Did you ever do unfortunately, that? No. unfortunately not. It wasn't like much of a power hitter, but anyway, mm-hmm. but, but if you look, you go to like the water, if you look to left, you can see the city skyline on a, on a clear day. So yeah, wow. it was, it was, you know. That's cool. Close proximity, yeah. How, so I'm, I've always been fascinated with people like local, local New Yorkers, like what their childhood must have been like, growing up in the city or near the city. Like, I think everyone, and I don't, even, I'll admit it, but I watched Gossip Girl, and I feel like everyone <laughs> associates, uh, high, like high school kids or kids that grew up in New York as like it was the real life of Gossip Girl. Growing up in the city is a totally different world to how I grew up. I mean, I grew up in like typical, I don't want to say typical, but yeah, kind of typical suburbia. Mm. Like it wasn't anything I different. mean, we, no, we were just close to Manhattan. So mm. we could easily travel to Manhattan, I guess, as I started getting older and we would like sneak go out. out in the, would go out in the out? city. No, That's we snuck wild. out. No, 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 no. We, I snuck, we snuck out. We, God, like how things we did back then. We went, at 2 a.m. and then we went into the woods we had keg parties in the woods wow you didn't do you Sketch. people didn't do that sketchy oh, i mean we... well i grew up in houston so like that is a more of a city i but like and more on the outskirts of major yeah. cities and like in the country texas is all country by the way so like yeah plenty of bonfires plenty of going out to the like like rural yeah we area. had like real like around kind of our houses and where i was it's like very wooded actually there are some trails and oh my god going back and thinking about it like we it would be like pitch black and we would have like places that we would go we put on our sweatshirts and we wow. would just go and and find our spot in the woods and we'd make a bonfire in the woods until like the police started finding out about our, our mm. places mm. That's so, and this is like pre. This is pre-social media. Yeah, this is like what you had to do, like when you actually had to go outside and play and do stuff. Um, That's so funny. I remember, I had like no, I had nothing like that. I just meant I was reminiscing because like going, like actually going outside and like riding a bike and playing tag and Uh, doing stuff like that. We used to do. Oh, good. What are you gonna say? No, I was. Those are the best times as a kid. I remember, like one of my best favorite childhood memories is um I think I threw I threw a birthday party at my like my, in my house whatever when I when I was in middle school I forget I forgot when exactly but I remember like we had like the football games playing in the living room we had uh PlayStation people playing in like the the other room TV room or something and then we had people playing basketball football tag and other stuff outside and riding bikes it was like a big thing like I I you know, you over-exaggerate, like the older you get reminiscing on like memories, it's like not, you you elaborate a little bit, right? But I remember yeah. like, it was a ton of people, a ton, a ton of people. Cause we had, like I said, we were doing all of these things, TV, football games, multiple sports, people outside. Um, it was a really, really big party. And uh, that, oh. was one of the, that was one of the funnest things. Shave, like, you, you would have been invited. Yeah, he definitely would have been. We had a, we had a dog too. I think we had Aztec. Aztec. I used to have an Akita 
um, which is like a, a huge version of a Husky, a Japanese version of a Husky. And he weighed 135 pounds. He was a massive He's dog. He's a big boy. A massive I like dog. Dogs. Yeah. He was like, like a dogs. gentle giant, the best dog I could have ever grown up with. And then, yeah, long story short, we ended up playing like hide and go seek and tag in the middle of the night, pitch black in our neighborhood. Like in my neighborhood was like not, it was a really, really big kind of cul-de-sac. Like it was a loop. So like, you know how you yeah. go into the end of the street and you have the little cul-de-sac? Yeah. Well, my, my, it was one long street, but it looped back around. So it was like, I don't know, hundred houses or so, but it was just one yeah. massive loop. And so we all like would, we were playing tag and hide and go seek and stuff. And it was like in the little, little circle of, of the neighborhood, which is fun. I love that. Best I kind of, I feel like I had a similar, I had a similar like area where I grew up. Like we lived in a little bit of like a development <laughs> area. So the neighbor's. We would all play together as well. But yeah, those were those were such good days. Why can't we have parties like that? That's now? what I'm saying. You want to do that as an adult? Like <laughs> yeah. I would do you, that as an adult. Do you know who you're talking to? I love games, camp let's get, games. Let's get Brooklyn sport. Track Club. The next next Tuesday night track session after two after a track, we'll do a hide and go seek in McCarran. I mean, that would be so fun. I actually had thrown out the idea in one when I was talking to some friends with the whole like morning versus like the AM PM track. Oh, I was like, how wow. fun would it be if we had a track color you know wars? Yes. Check this out. Check this out. I got it. Midnight, oh, midnight, midnight at McCarran. If it's not a ooh, midnight at McCarran, if it's the, not a track the, the meet, more, it'll be, it'll be like, no, a, it's, no, no running involved. No like, running involved. Not all running right. at, I mean, we could do like relay races, Man, but like midnight. races with like wheelbarrow and like, you know, but, and like, Has we anyone, can have like a softball game or tag or, fun things i'm getting do you see myself getting excited right yeah. now these has are the any, things i get i'm trying to figure out though has any has, has anyone ever done that oh for those of you listening I'm, i don't know I'm also battling shade because he's trying to hop on the desk so sorry if i see if i'm i mean he was getting whack. excited by this idea too <laughs> yeah no like that i don't know why that hasn't i'm gonna copyright that or i'm gonna do something because midnight at McCarran uh, you can't seems legit. okay but i have to help organized because like well right. i need to participate no i can't i i need to be involved we could do like after new year's because everyone is going to be busy for the holidays which is coming up and then winter is happening so when it starts to cool cool off a little bit or warm up we should do it's minute mccarran i'm about to leave that's for gonna florida be well after, oh, i'm, I'm so one. jealous when are oh, you yeah. leaving for florida all i've been doing is looking at flights to, a, i'm trying to actually figure out when to plan all the things going on in December so I can, or when like holiday parties are, so I can mm. get to Florida for a bit because- But all you do is girl, like, you just go drive up home like 10 minutes away, no? So like, what do you need to plan for? What do you mean? No, you like, right I think Brooklyn- See, me No, I'm not talking like, about going to Florida, going to Florida. I uh, wanna go away to Florida for a bit because it's cold here and I don't you, like it. Weren't You were there for a hot minute, not too long ago, right? Yeah. Oh my God. At the beginning, the beginning of this year, uh, a little bit, I have, yeah, I was in Miami, but I also, oh yes. I know what you're thinking of that July 4th time. Yes. I was in Miami, but the beginning of the year I was in Delray beach, which is a little okay. bit North of Miami. It's like Family central, a house there. more like central, Southern, Southern, no, Southern. It's, Southern not, it's not, no, it's not. Well, <laughs> Orlando, it's Orlando. Southern. It's like, it's or south the, of Orlando. It's <laughs> north of Miami, a little bit north of Fort Lauderdale. Wait, give me a second. Okay. Nope. Nah, it's, it's a lost cause. It's a lost <laughs> cause. 
Um, yeah, what you have family down there? Uh, I actually do. My great, I do have some family there, but my not as much anymore. Um, my grandparents, they, they don't live down there, but they've had a house there since I was, I mean, forever. So since a kid, I was always going down and kind of feels a little bit for me, like home away from home. Mm, that's cool. I just, I just love warm weather and palm trees. Those are the things that make me smile. <laughs> yep. Water, water, or the sun, water, beach, sand, warm weather. You can't go wrong with it. That's my secret to keeping my tan. Sorry. Oh. That's yeah, how, I'm gonna say that's I'm, how I keep my tan all, all year round. Which I remember back in the summer. Now, do you remember this? We had a competition. Yeah, we were having tan competition. I was obviously more tan. No, right? no, 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 no. Yes, I was. I think it's partially true because you were you were traveling. Like you went to Florida for a bit, and I stayed here in New York. And then I would, but once the, it was like in the spring, and then once the summer hit though, and it was summer here in New York, I definitely was more tan. I feel like we didn't have great weekend tanning weather this summer oh yeah no because it rained a lot I'm trying to think of unfortunately I'm like stuck inside during the day when I have to work Mm. and so outside of like going for a run I have the weekend to get my color on I was honestly poor performance this summer not my most but I can hear my mom speaking and saying, Amanda, this it's so, if you ask me what my advice is, like of all, it's really the, the tanning thing. It's a really bad obsession addiction. Mm. It's not good for you. No one, everyone put on your sunscreen. Wow. Everyone, you don't need to be that tan. Is it bad not to wear sunscreen? I'm sure yeah, it is, it's right? Bad. That's like a, it's yeah. bad. Of course it is. That was a leading question. I, I oh my God. Never, I'm like, any of one of my never. friends yell at me. I get yelled at. If we're like at the beach, get our band up, put on sunscreen. They know me. Everyone knows me. But I have, <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to tell you, I have never worn sunscreen like ever. And probably, or just in my adult life. Like I'm pretty sure my, my parents made me put on sunscreen when I was little, but yeah, I can't remember the last time I actually did. Well, you have also, you probably don't, not that this means you shouldn't wear sunscreen because I'm going to be, everyone's going to be so proud that I'm going to be the one pushing Dr. wearing sunscreen. Dr. Childs. <laughs> Dr. Childs is telling you to wear sunscreen, but what's your, what's your, I'm share with everyone. You're I'm, Mex- I'm Mexican, right? so- <laughs> Hispanic. Yeah, this, the, yeah, that's what I am. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm more olive colored and dark skin. Like I have a tent, I have a, I'm like, that's what I look like it's really funny though especially here in New York because I get like I look like a lot of different things depending on where I'm at and who I'm with so like I could get like I just get I've gotten I've gotten everything uh that people would assume or think that I am what what do you think I am because I have I guess more olive skin and everyone thinks I'm all different things white straight up white no 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 um i'm really white i'm really white right now so you wouldn't be able to tell but i it's mediterranean? so interesting to me. mediterranean italian i i'm zero percent italian in me but i honestly get asked if i'm italian all the time i've gotten asked if i was hispanic before i've I had see that, people though. start to speak spanish to me and i mean my spanish is oh terrible say, right now say, but... i was gonna say say something in spanish <laughs> So is I, don't, I don't. Um, yeah. So I, it's only a small portion, but my mom's side of the family was Greek. So I have some Greek blood mm. in me. So I think my Mediterranean, that Mediterranean side of, or piece of me kind of comes out. out. 
I, yeah. I, I've gotten that. So my hair used to be really long, like longer than yours is right now. It was down to my chest. And when I had super long hair. Can you hair, make that our preview, a picture of you with really long hair? Uh, no. Maybe, <laughs> okay. you know, if I can find one. But it, I, really I was fun. like playing football at the time too. So like the hair went out of my helmet and it was a whole kind of yeah. vibe. Um, but I've gotten Greek, Italian, and like 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 European in that sense when I had yeah. when I had my long hair, but also like I always have the beard and then I'm usually always tan, so I get a lot of yeah. different things. Um, yeah, I can I can see that. I've gotten to. I get Israeli, I get Egyptian. I've like walking into places, they're like, You look like my people. And I'm like, Who are your people? <laughs> Wait, uh, do you speak Spanish or no? Uh no, it really upsets me that I don't. I mean, I took mm. Spanish throughout school and like mm. into college and then I just wasn't really actively using it and I kind of lost it and then I was mm. I was doing Duolingo for a good period of time and had such a great streak going because you know me I like I get very like into like dedicated streaks and, yeah. yeah and then I unfairly lost it and I I kind of stopped. Yeah, I actually would love to be able to do therapy in Spanish but that it's much harder to it's like one thing to just be speaking it and have conversation, but to actually mm -hmm. be able to do therapy, you really also need to understand just a lot of like the inflections and other things to understand, you know, to better be able to communicate. With yeah. People. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, so I can't speak it, but I can understand it usually in context, like just what, mm -hmm. what I'm doing or what I hear, yeah. how people talk to me. Yeah. I can understand it, but my parents, but they both speak it. Uh, Unfortunately, like I, we moved around when I was younger. And so like we were never in a position to actually speak it. So it never actually stuck or stuck uh, for me. I took like five years of Spanish. And he, if you hear this rumbling, that's Shay trying to tear up a toy. So I might have to cut this out or edit this part of the podcast. Um, you know what? Let's get back into work. So because I'm so curious. Oh, this is a question that I had for all of your patients. So you mentioned mm -hmm. recovery is a big part of what you do. So like, is there, yeah. are there a lot of like, is there a standard practice or like a, not a skill uh, or yeah, like a like things that you practice in session that helps with recovery for a multitude of patients or like, does it vary per person? Yeah. So I, it's hard to, it really does vary. So I guess to kind of break down the two main kind of roles that I have, Mm -hmm. um, I do a lot of cognitive work. So after certain brain injury or other things, there can be changes in patients, cognitive functioning, their neurological functioning. So they may have impairments and things like memory, attention, mm -hmm. processing speed, executive functioning. So I, the best way to maybe describe it to other people is like kind of like a very glorified tutor in that. And I see people from range who literally like can't even remember to take medication or, you know, we're working on how to like put appointments in a calendar to, mm -hmm. I see people that are way really, really high functioning, right. And may have some attention related difficulties and we're doing like high level attention exercises. So essentially we're doing cognitive exercises and remediating their, whatever areas that they're having weakness in so that mm -hmm. they can function more independently right? Or get back to work, get back to school, um, do whatever it is that, you know, they need to be doing mm -hmm. for their life. Um, like or, to be, or to be, you know, a lot of it is just to increase their level of independence, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
as much as we can. And then I do also kind of what you would think of typical psychotherapy. So I'm seeing people who have like major life changes, right? Some people Mm -hmm. will never be able to walk again. Some people will never be able to go to work again. Some people are dealing with really, you know, significant pain, headaches, other things. So I do a lot of work, stress management strategies, pain management, but also like, how do you, you know, adjust to these major changes in your Mm -hmm. life, Um, Mm -hmm. often a major shift in kind of someone's identity, if they really identified with whatever their job was, and they're not able to work again, you know, who is this person now? Wow. Um, That, yeah, that sounds one, so interesting, but also it could probably be very intense at times. What, what drew Uh, you, what drew you to like, want to study this area and like this be your profession? What was like, what was the it factor for you that you knew this is what you wanted to do? Okay. So what drew me to this? It's honestly never something I necessarily thought I'd be doing. I, I think when I was in college, I kind of, or leading into college, I maybe had my first kind of experience dealing with some of my own like mental health related issues. And it was not really an area that I knew like much about mm-hmm. and at, kind of simultaneously, my mom's sister was going through a lung cancer diagnosis at the time, was very, very sick. Um, and I kind of have always had this ability to kind of be present with people that are going through these like, you know, pretty chronic health conditions and like be okay sitting. Whereas like my family would walk into the room and like my mom would start to cry. And mm-hmm. I just was able to always like hold it together. Not keep, that it didn't keep, keep your composure in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like keep my composure. And so kind of that was my, you know, first time kind of losing a close family member, being exposed to cancer, watching kind of, unfortunately, like the dying process. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also, as someone, you know, separate always into like health, fitness, things like that, just this idea of like health psychology really resonated with me. And so I started taking more psychology classes. And then in college, they had just started what was called like a health medicine and society minor. So I was learning more about health psychology. And I kind of honestly just took like a plunge. I applied to grad school programs when I was in my last year of college, not thinking I'd get into a doctorate program because they're pretty competitive. And I just applied and I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, which I don't fully recommend to people when I always, when people ask me like, is this, you know, something I should do or ask me questions about going to grad school for psychology. I definitely say like, you know, get information and make sure it's something you really want to do because it's quite a long haul. But yeah, I got in and I went straight to grad school from undergrad and I was in a program. It was a clinical psychology with a health emphasis. So we did a lot of work with behavioral medicine, things like that. And yeah, just kind of like happened. (laughs) That's, you just fell into it. That's like a, such a weird I mean, yeah, you kind of, kind of fell into it. I mean, if you ask me as a kid, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Cheerleader, professional cheerleader. Why are we, where, you're really, I don't know. Where did that come from? I have no idea. I know, I think, I think a long time ago, we had talked about your athletic background and that you did everything but cheerleading. And then you talked about me and I was like, yeah, I used to play football. And then, then we, I think that that was like the segue into cheerleading. on the sideline yep there we go uh, 
Yeah, I no, I cheerleading was never I I needed to be on the field. Mm. Wait, so you did softball. You're a big softball player. What I what role position did you play in softball? So I yeah, so I did play softball. I actually pitched for a really long time until I started actually developing some anxiety surrounding pitching. And I was also middle school at the time. We had a really good pitcher on our high school team that like ended up pitching in college. And I really Mm -hmm. wanted to move up to like the varsity level when I was younger. And so I kind of stopped pitching. Actually my first year in varsity, I played, I think I played center field and then I moved to shortstop for the remaining uh, period of my high school sport or softball Mm. career. (laughs) But yeah, I got smashed in the face by a softball Mm. And I just like to never pitch again. So, so with softball, one is obviously you're using metal bats, and and the distance between the pitcher and the mount the or the, home plate, the yeah yeah, yeah it, it's not and it's not as far as like in baseball the mound mm-hmm. the home plate and you know like a pitching stride right you end almost halfway in between so mm-hmm. you're like right in front of the batter yeah and. Yeah. Yeah, I started like getting this, like I would jump the second I stopped pitching to like get myself in ready mode Mm -hmm. because I was scared of a ball like coming. I had pretty good reflexes, but I was just scared of getting smashed in the face. Yeah. And I mean, I think honestly, all softball pitchers should probably be wearing, you know, face guard and stuff. But Mm. yeah, my pitching, I never was the same again. So (laughs) no, but you said so that almost happened to you, almost happened to you. So like you had a like a a drive going right. I actually never even got hit. I actually do remember I used to play. So in my town, we never had my dad and my, my best friend's dad actually helped bring softball to our small town. There was like no girls. So I played baseball with the boys. Mm. That was, that explains a lot. (laughs) The boys on the playground. Come on, you know me. Um, I was like, guys, I need to play too. But I did. I was a two. Oh. I got knocked by a baseball in my chin and I lost a tooth as a kid. Um, mm. But yeah, so I, I, I played softball, baseball. I was also a really big tennis player, really big tennis player. And I played basketball. Those were like my what things. Is, what is it with people with tennis? I feel like I've talked to more people lately that have a history of playing tennis. And I'm like, where, like did, where did this come from? Growing up, tennis- I knew nobody that I of course we had tennis i just never knew anyone that like that pursued tennis yeah tennis was probably my actually my number one i mean i've i've been playing sports since i mean my dad put a ball in my hand from probably birth i have two brothers but he didn't know if he was gonna have a son so it was like it was like amanda (laughs) you're gonna be it but you're the oldest (laughs) middle or youngest i'm the oldest i'm the oldest but yeah, both my brothers play tennis too. So we were playing tennis from a very young age. And tennis, yeah, it's something I'm very like passionate about. But do you I still don't play? I not regularly anymore. It's actually as I've been going through my a period of not running as much right now. Mm-hmm. I'm like trying to get back into some of the other things that bring me joy and happiness. So definitely have been looking at starting to, you know, hit more in this mm-hmm. city. But yes, I saw you shout out to the podcast with Gabby when you posted oh, yeah. Gabby, former tennis player. I immediately, I'm like, Gabby, I didn't know you were a tennis player. Right. 
that's what I'm saying. Yeah, she was one that yeah, that one of the few people late as of lately that have talked to me about tennis. And I'm like, and she grew up in Texas. And I'm like, what? Like no one played tennis. Or like I'm trying to think of my friends. If I could like go through my contact book and like throw back in Facebook and be like, who, which one of my friends played tennis? I don't think anyone. But I was well, again a lot of it played football. We're all playing football. Oh, you, everyone wants to hit you. You do you want to teach me how to play tennis? I feel like it'd be a cool, I like the agility part yeah. of it, the lateral movement, the quick yeah. quickness of the, of the game. What I think would be a difficult for me now is like, if it's hand-eye coordination in a way to hit the ball and hit it right to get it over the net in a proper way. Yeah. That's what I would want to focus on. Actually the transition for me from tennis, the, how you like stroke, a ball playing tennis versus mm -hmm. swinging a bat it was like a lot of times it can be was a little bit difficult for me to like transition from one to the other um, okay. just different mechanics but mm -hmm. yeah I actually used to back in the day I used to give tennis lessons to little kids really? I actually I did summer I worked at Nike tennis camp for some time wow. over the summers at it was at Amherst and then Dartmouth College. Mm -hmm. um, used to go with some friends over summers. Yeah. Legit, legit pro. I used to uh, coach football. I've always had dreams of being a professional tennis player. Really? What happened? Yeah. So you stopped in high school? Uh, you know, it's funny. I kind of wish. So I'm kind of a nerd, huge nerd too. And like academics were super important to me. I, looking back, there's a few things I asked my parents. I was like, why didn't you just force me to choose one sport to play so I can be like great, great, great at one. I was always like pretty good, but at everything rather mm -hmm. than owning it on one. Of course they, you were. Amanda, you never wanted to choose, you know, like you wanted yeah. to do it. So, which is fine. I could have definitely gone to school probably to play, to play D3, but I in kind tennis. of- In tennis. Yeah, I focused more on academics and went, you know, to school more for that. And I played club and we actually played traveling club in college. So I still got, oh, cool. um, you know, to play tennis throughout college, but wasn't. Sometimes I kind of look back and wish I like really played a college sport. It's kind of surprising if, for people who know me that like that I didn't, but yeah. Um, yeah, it all worked out. I probably wasn't going to be a professional tennis player. The competition is quite, um, it's, you need to be, yeah. The cool thing is like in a high school, we used to play, we would play some matches um, in Flushing at the U.S. Open at the kind of side courts there. Mm -hmm. We would play some matches there. So mm. it would be cool to like be in that complex playing. Wait, I want to dive into tennis real quick. So. <clears throat> The mechanics between swinging a bat and swinging, wait, what is it called for tennis? Tennis right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the mechanics for swinging both, right? Is it is so when swinging baseball, I like just watched a video about this too, which is why I think you swing forward. Like the purpose is to swing yeah. forward and not sideways. So like when you hit the when you strike the ball, if you swing sideways, the ball is gonna go sideways versus swinging it in and forward then the ball when you strike the ball goes more forward and it's supposed to go up depending on your on how you swing but with tennis it's different right so like okay but you, you you swing the racket in many different ways that you need to right well you're like also the turn you're putting spin right spin, on the ball. yeah 
It almost like, I mean, it's not the same, but if you think about like a pitcher and how they throw different pitches, right. That can also kind of maneuver your tennis racket to like hit the ball differently. Right. So I think the top spin is probably the most common kind of stroke that people would, or that's not a stroke, but how they would stroke the ball. Mm -hmm. So you're basically like, you're like brushing the ball, right. You're, you're, and putting spin up on the ball i mean you can slice it you can do other things to this is so cool wait so do you ever are you supposed to so you brush the ball are you ever supposed to like push the ball like if it's if you hit it in the center of the racket and like push it forward i'm thinking of like i'm thinking of like volleyball which you're not supposed to do yeah that would be hitting flat i guess yeah 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 um no you're not supposed to do that not as much no okay Cause you have to do a little spin. You got to do a little flick, flick of the wrist. But some people put more spin on it than others. So I guess, yeah, some people are more flat hitters. It's like the degree of spin. And then, I mean, sometimes I guess when you're volleying or serving, you could potentially hit more flat, but like it's in, you don't really realize it, but like a serve, you can be putting top spin on a serve. Mm-hmm. And then there's also obviously forehand backhand <laughs> and then there's volleying. There's, there's a lot to tennis. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I always thought it was like it was just cool because you're doing it like with the I don't know the nature of tennis. I I thought it was cool. I just have never dived into it. And now talking about it, I'm like I just want to kind of see if I can pick it up because it's it's the it's so it's a lot of hand eye coordination. No, like yeah. watching the ball and like making sure you get that swing right. The how the ball hits the racket and your form for your swing and whatnot. Like it's all, all the all the mechanics to it. There's more science to it than. I think you would realize and like that right. is what's fascinating to me is the mechanics. You also have to gauge how the other person, right? How oh, yeah. they're right? Because you're gonna have to hit it back based on how the ball is coming to you. Are you a right? fan of are you a fan of all the trick shots? Like the fake swing and then hit it with your back or like between the legs and like doing stuff like that? I mean, I, that's cool if you can do it. You're not gonna necessarily do it in the middle of like a ball. I would, no, no, no. I would master all of the trick shots and then just my game would be pure trick shots it'd be right. pure pure trick shots or like pure power and i would just but it's just, not power up, just tennis uh. is not it's not about hitting the the ball as hard as you can the ball is going to go out well i would hit i would hit the ball in whatever way i needed to for it to be the fastest and like hardest to swing back at that's what i would try to master using the power off of the way the ball is hit at you right so you need to mm. focus stroke and also people also use there's different rackets there are different string tensions there's a lot of different things that like affect wow. the pace of the ball that's so is it okay what with the with the the, the rackets and the strings or whatnot is it like kind of like boxing like you have to have it's it's um like for when you tape your hands and like making sure mm-hmm. that you have uh, there's like a protocol to it and like you have to have you can get disqualified if you have the wrong racket or you do something different right? yeah or no okay yeah walk, walk me through that i want to know what it is what is it I, I i don't know if i can walk you through it i don't know what like the specific like for different tournaments what the requirements oh, okay. are have you ever been to uh like a major tennis match yeah yeah i usually go to the u.s i mean i usually go to the u.s open every year um mm. I would love, I haven't been to like Wimbledon or the French Open. That's definitely bucket list items. Okay. So tennis, softball, we'll get into running maybe. What else? Tennis, softball, football. No, football, football with the boys when you're little. 
was a basketball wow. player. Actually, I really, that is one thing I've been saying. I really want to get back onto the court and shoot a bit. I miss playing. No? Why are you shaking your head? No, yeah. For everyone listening, I'm shaking my head and trying hard not to laugh. It, it, I think it's because because what i what i know you now as a runner and then thinking of how you used to play all these other sports it's similar for for people when they see me though a lot of people here in new york over the handful of years see me as a runner but people that i grew up with my whole life they see me as a football player so like i you have those different perceptions so this is one where the tables are turned and now i'm looking at you as the runner and i'm like oh you play tennis softball football basketball and i'm trying to picture you as that athlete yeah, it's so funny being, yeah, like the identity of a runner has taken me quite some time to like fully embrace or to even be able to call myself a runner. Wait, I, oh yeah, but um, no, I don't want to dive into it yet. Because okay. like still, right. so part of the running though is like you have done races, you've done half marathons, marathons, 5Ks, right? You've done the whole gambit of, of racing which yes or no, I'm, I can ask you again, but basketball, let's go into basketball. So what did you, did you play basketball also in high school? And then you stopped mm-hmm. when you went to college, yeah. what position did you play? How skills were you in basketball? Uh, probably my least, I was a shooting guard. Um, maybe dabbled in point guard a little bit. I just like to shoot the ball. I probably <laughs> you didn't you don't like to pass the ball as much. No, I said no. Which is no, 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 no. Which sums it up to a T. Yeah, but that's not kind of that's not exactly what I meant. I like defense was just like not as exciting to me. I'm just saying I liked the offensive aspect of basketball. Okay. Um, I I was playing basketball from a young age. Actually, I just think out of like all the sports, it was not the one that I was like taking private lessons and I didn't go to camps for basketball, whereas like tennis and all that, like I just did a lot more outside of my like typical, like school practice and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was a decent basketball player, but I was definitely nothing to write home about. It's funny. I loved my basketball team growing up and shout out to my coach. I'm going to give her a shout out. Gina Marr. She is a legend in the coaching world of basketball and is like Westchester Lake or New York State Hall of Fame. Ryder Dell, Westchester coach. Um, But it's funny right after my class or my year, when I graduated our basketball team, like went on to win States like every year, like they're such a good basketball team. And we always joke, we were the worst team, but we were the favorite team. (laughs) We were just fun. (laughs) Wait, um, do y'all have, do you remember back in high school? Was it, was it segmented by how big or good your school was? Like, so we had, we had 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A or whatever. So was it, is it the same here in New York? Yeah, it is. God, it's, it was like such a lifetime ago that I was in high school, but we had like A, B, C, D leagues based on school oh, okay. size. Like what was what were our- y'all? Were we C? Is that is that small or is that big? I have a really small high school. Okay. Really small. Was so it one of those all- things every, everybody knew everybody? Oh, yes. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh. How was that? How was that? I mean, that's different. I went- that's so different. Yeah. I went to... 
basically from elementary school to graduating high school with the same people. That's so long and so, so too familiar. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot like that. You know, everybody's, everybody's ish. Yeah, you really do. Um, Um, I think so. Parents parents and everyone. Like when I go back home now, which is pretty frequently, it's weird because I haven't obviously been in high school in so long, but I still like am in town and I'm like, everyone should, I'm like, doesn't everyone know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, well, and then is it one of those things where like everyone also goes back for the holidays? So like every year you see the same people go to the bar, like hanging out at a movie theater or something. And you you cross people that you went to high school with and your families that know everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I think now some of my friends or friends' parents have moved outside of our mm. town. So yeah. Not everyone is there, but a good, but like thanks, thinking of like Thanksgiving coming up, Thanksgiving Eve was we would all go back and it's like huge night to go and see everyone from high school and the grades above and below. Yeah. Oh, wow. Where yeah. are they? <laughs> but now, right now? Oh, yeah that so I um no so I can't remember so like I said I moved around quite a bit when I was younger but we settled in Texas so I would call that like my home town in Houston and my home state um but I was it was weird how our districts were um I guess not like how our districts lined up. So my, where I, my neighborhood that I stayed, that I lived in most of my years in Houston was always on the outskirts of two districts. So like, I think they changed midway when I was in elementary school to middle school. So like the middle school I should have went to, I got rezoned to go to a different one. So I went to, um, I ended up basically seeing three different groups of people, elementary school, middle school, and high school. So I thought that was, that was really cool for me to be like, just to see a different yeah. people versus growing up with the same people from day one. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it, it was a very interesting, interesting time. Uh, wow. Reflecting and reminiscing right now is bizarre. Um, yeah. Again, it was just really cool to like to do, to have that. I guess it was a, a blessing in disguise now that I think about it. Um, wait, do people, did you break records? You as an athlete, like, were you a well-known athlete? in high school or like is your name on the on the on the wall like you have pictures of you and in the hallways does everyone know amanda Childs? i i think i was a well-known athlete i don't think i broke any records in that way Mm. that you're maybe thinking of (laughs) (laughs) i'll ask you I guess I was a well-known athlete i think i was like in the paper at times my dad has like his folder where he saved the news articles um and I did if this is special I think well like senior year I was like for the female like graduating I was considered like the athlete of our like I have this like big class I guess year because but um with you know it's like this big clock plaque with like the sports you play in and it was like the award that I got Mm. waiting um, cool. so yeah, but it's like small town kind of, I was, so you're small town famous, but, you're small town famous is what you're saying. I don't know, famous is, you know, <laughs> I feel like, but that's I, a real, listen, that's I, a real thing though. Like probably in comparison, 
I feel like it kind of is like how I am as a runner. Like I'm decent, but there's yeah. people way better than me. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's, it was, a, there was, there were two sides to that question. One, because you did grow up in a small town. So I was wondering, like, did you, I mean, of course you said like a lot of, you probably stood out, you know, like if you, I'm sure you did. And like, as you say, you were the, the high school player of the year, pretty much. Um, so that was one part to the question. And two is that I'm thinking about myself and I still have people that recognize me when I go home for having played football in, in my area and my, in my school yeah. and like my district, but it's not, it's less about being famous. And it's more about like, like we, my class was a really good year. I think like similar to you, how you said the class after you ended up going to win state and stuff, we, we probably set the bar for going far in the playoffs and having really like positive records so that we set that we set the foundation for later years to like match us or like to keep going in the playoffs and to like continue to win pretty much but also it was like net new um like high school year class as freshmen and then net new coaching staff so we all like grew up together in those four years it was all net new so like we again set that foundation so why that's why a lot of us me like me included but other like people um that i grew up with that had like word name recognition because we set the set the bar pretty much um Jacob's gonna, such a big no i mean <laughs> I, I was a really good i was fundamentally good like i was and then i had like a chip on my shoulder so i played really well but I, fundamentally i was like a really good football player and like it's funny how you say you got really into academics i got really into the fundamentals and disciplines of football so like i would study i would study game film and stats yeah. more than uh probably any other player on the team so like my role was inside linebacker i wasn't i was an unofficial captain but like we had only a handful of captains that were selected right but on defense it was my job to do the play calls and by the time it was senior year, basically like the coach, the coaches on defense trusted me enough to do the play calls if the game was happening really fast. So like if the offense was pushing the speed of the game and they would do plays rapid fire and like we had no time to recover or reset and like we had no time to look on the sideline to see what the coaches were calling, they would trust me to make the play call and the game day decision to do that then and there. So I had to like be on my A game really to understand like down and yeah. distance, what the, well, how, how likely they are to run this play or that play. If we're on this side of the field, the odds of them running X, Y, and Z type of play. And so like I, I had to study a lot. That way it was almost like- Yeah, like football is like play calling out. It's so cognitively complex and you need to uh, make fast judgment yeah. calls. And, and so at, so it's all of that. And then, uh, because I really was in the middle of the field, like middle linebacker was my role. So like you have the big lineman up front, you have me and a couple of guys next to me and then all the skilled and fast guys behind me. So I was literally in the middle of the field and defense for all 10 other of the athletes. And I would not only do the play call, but I remember like, sometimes I'd have to look to my left and help my teammate out and be like, no, you go that way. And then look behind me and say, you cover that ground. And so like, I would, I would, I would basically, basically directing everybody 
all uh, 10 people. Yeah. While I'm doing this play call, while I'm thinking about where I need to line up, where I need to be, what my job is, I'm telling other people what their job is. So it's not just doing the play call and say, we're going to, we're going to do this type of defense. It was like, no, you need to go there. You need to do this and you need to do that. And I need to be here and do this too. So it happens so fast too. I love the speed of the game of football and like fun. The fundamentals is so fun because once you get it, you get it. It's hard to get it. Like it's hard to study and learn. And it's hard to like make it second nature. Like it's hard to, to make it almost muscle memory and instinctive when you do play calls and when you play football, that's a part of it. Why, what I love about it the most. And that is what I was known for. Like I was a really good fundamental player and then I played really, really hard. So I, uh, I had developed a reputation. I mean, knowing what I know about you now, that doesn't fully surprise me. <laughs> I feel like, no, but you kind of how you approach running and even your photography and like podcast work. I think you're very, like you go all in. Yep, all in, all the time. All My in. foot is always on the gas, which is a uh, good, in, there are pros and cons to it. I, I But I, I'm no, I'm all, all, always all in all the time. a bit similar in that way. I need yeah. to learn to sit down a lot. Well, <laughs> I, that's the one thing is I know I, I now... I think in like my adult life or really up until last year and this year, I've had the opportunity to slow down. Like I can still be just as dedicated to a number of different things, but I really prioritize balancing them out now. Uh, especially with the more time I've had on my hands or like prioritizing my passions. I've like, I've, I've, I have a better understanding of time, energy, where I dedicate things and like, my attention like I understand that there there's a balance to it now um but this is something that like part of uh having the chip on your shoulder is like I've worked really really hard for a long time I'm talking like it's not just in academics or in, in athletics in school growing up working like when I was in high like working since I was 13 stuff like that like even in like to almost I kind of I more or less put myself through college even with a partial academic scholarship but like working 80 hour work weeks like no summers for four years three years like 80 hour work weeks three jobs like stuff like that so I have worked really 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 hard for a long period of time to eventually set myself up in a way now where I'm like I can kind of I can put my foot off the gas a little bit like I can take a little bit of a break I can now prioritize but I, I guess it's like how you conceptualize it. It's not necessarily always taking your foot off the brake. I think it's hard. Like finding balance is a really hard thing, but oh, yeah. it also sounds like good kind of self-care and mental health as well. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've towed, towed with the line of being burnt out for a long time, but like now, but now I under, like, I, I really do prioritize that balance part of my life. And like, I will, take it easy from time to time uh even as active and as busy as I stay I do take time to balance it out um but you still have to run every single day yep still got to do it but this is the thing it's less of it's less of work this is one thing I've I've tried to explain yeah I know you know how it is I understand it I understand it completely so it's same thing with running as you mentioned podcasts photography all of these things I thoroughly enjoy doing so it's not like it's not work for me it it, technically it is work but it doesn't feel like it and it very much feels like a love and a passion um in all areas and so like that's really cool with the things that I do is that I can they just happen to be the things that I enjoy doing um yeah so all right, we were talking about running. Wait, okay, let's talk about running, I guess. 
fine. I guess we could talk about it. This is, my, I mean, I guess, this is a running podcast, I guess, whatever. Um, so how did you get into running? Softball, basketball, tennis, X, you did a number of, pretty this much did really, everything. Yeah, I'll do this really quick. I hated running growing up, hated it. Like, I mean, but you know, like if you played kind of more team sports or sports, I guess running was kind of always the punishment or not punishment. It's like uh, run a mile. You, practice like yeah that's a good one that's a good example i mean you can call it that it definitely felt like that when you're playing right. another sport you don't pro like you yeah it's more like conditioning it's like you that's a something the coaches made you do to stay in right shape. and i always wonder because like i've had now like running now i always think like how like what kind of runner would i have been if i like started running at a young age i think I look at like how running's taken over. And I guess like when I was growing up, we obviously had like cross country and track team, but mm -hmm. I remember like, I looked forward after school to like go to practice. Like, honestly, like that, like made me excited. It was like, okay, get through the day. You can go to like, you know, <laughs> oh. the thought of like, oh my God, you have to finish your school day and go and your practice is going to run. I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> Why yeah. would you ever for that? So I didn't really understand just like, running I think one model that I always had um done a lot of shout outs but shout out to my mom my mom never raced or anything but she ran she had her two running partners sometimes three every morning for the most part maybe took one or two days off a week she would run about six miles every morning that was like her thing kind of like how you describe your I was gonna say, you're giving you're giving me crap and then your mom is the one no no like on the phone, she would like, they would plan out the exact time. It was like, we're going to meet at 8.03. I'm like, mom, why does it matter if it's 8.03 versus like 8.01? But like, wow. they would plan their time. They went there. Like she had to do her run in the morning. So mm -hmm. I always like, I always was like impressed. I was like, mom, how are you running that much all the time? And it wasn't until I started to go to college where I had a, again, I think this is also, maybe it's a little bit of female athletics as well. The time that I was in high school, we never learned how to like work out. Like we never mm. went, no one taught us how to like strength train, you know, be in the gym. I think a lot of like the football teams certainly like were in the weight room and so forth. Like as just female athletics in my era, that wasn't something that was a priority, which I hope is more integrated into athletics now because it's so important. But yeah, so I had to learn how to like work out. I was getting, you know, obviously maturing and getting older and I wasn't active the same way. And so I needed to learn to go to the gym and work out. And I would just like run a few miles on the treadmill, like four or five miles, but like nothing like real distance wise. And it was this, this was in high school or in college? College, like going okay, into yeah. the very, very end of high school, going into college. Okay. And it was when I was in grad school, shout out to some of my grad school friends who in 2011, they were like, let's sign up for a half marathon. I was, I mean, I was like, okay, okay, sure. And again, this was kind of a little bit before like this whole half marathon trend had taken off. Yeah. And I, it was 2011. It was the queen, New York Roadrunners. It was now the Queens is like a 10K because it was July. So the middle of the summer, brutal time to run. Um, it was a, it used to be a half marathon. So they no longer have a half marathon now because it was just too brutal. So it was my first race. I, I hadn't really run any other race. I signed up for this half marathon. A couple of my grad school friends. And of course, me and one of my brothers, we have that like competitive edge with one another. And I was like, I'm signing up for this half. And he's like, well, if you're going to do it, 
I'm going to do it. So we Wait, ran our first. Real quick, real quick. What's the age difference? But like you and your younger brother, middle brother, and then. I have yeah. two mm-hmm. younger, but this one, and he actually is also a runner. Um, runner. Oh, wow. But I shouldn't say, you know, I got to bring him around the track club sometime. He doesn't think he belongs anymore, but he's run four marathons. He's a decent runner. I was going to say, is he, he's here in New York and like we, no one has ever, I have never seen this guy. And like, I'm sure many of you yeah. have a brother so and that's have, news to me too. Is like, oh, you have a brother and he's also, now he's also a runner and we've never seen y'all together. Right. We got to get you, we got to get you to come. He's going to listen to this. And like, leave me alone. Right. Um, yeah. So we ran our first half together. And I thought it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. I just remember like looking back, it's so funny. Like I crossed the finish. I was like, how does ever anyone ever run another 13.1? And, you know, we're so proud or like toes were blue. And it was like, we had accomplished like greatest achievement in the world. And it was two years later that I think I had run another half in between that and another, the same girl from grad school, her and her sister were like, we want to sign up for the New York City Marathon. And I think watching the New York City Marathon, like I'd always watch it as a kid and mm-hmm. I just like never, and maybe other people, this will resonate with it. It just like didn't compute to me. I was like, how does someone run 26.2 miles? Yeah. Like, I don't get it, but like, there's something to me, like I love a challenge and the idea, like I didn't get how you did it, but I was like, I got to find a way to do it. Um... I, and people kind of just said the only way to do it, you got to just like sign up and train. So I joined a charity team. This is where like Memorial Sloan Kettering um, kind of fits in. It's called Fred's team. Uh, They're the athletic fundraising platform through Memorial Sloan Kettering. So we raise cancer. Okay, slow down. We raise money for cancer research and treatment at the hospital. So I joined in 2013. I ran, and of course, same, same thing happened. I'm like, Brett, I'm signing up. I'm going to sign up for the marathon. And of course, he's like, well, if you do it, I'm going to do it too. So we signed up together. Um, And in 2013 is when I ran my first marathon. And me and my brother, as competitive as we are, we ran that entire marathon together, side by side. We crossed the finish line. Together? Or was it like, I'm going to beat you to the No, together, but... But I did clock in a second wow. less than him. So it was a joke until he then beat me after that. But um, yeah, so that was that was a really special experience. Probably I, looking back, if people ask, like, what's your, like, most memorable, like, running memory? I don't wow. know. Just first New York City, getting to run it with my brother. It was a pretty awesome experience. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of, like, weirdly caught a little bit of the bug I think some people after their first they're like no my brother's like I need a break two of my other friends were like yeah don't know how soon one ran a few others other was like not doing this again and I joined the team Fred's team again the next year mm-hmm. and I actually they had asked me to be a mentor so I actually pre-Brooklyn track club I was a mentor for Fred's team for I want to say six or so years for quite some time mm-hmm. Um, so it was really working really closely with the charity organization. Some of my closest friends met through the team and yeah, I've run kind of been running since here we are. <laughs> here we are. All right. You know what? So I'm going to ask you one more question and we can wrap this up, but also when we, I feel like we could talk about, I have so many questions about your history into running now, just, just running. I mean, I have a lot of questions about you in general, but running, we could talk about running. <laughs> what and- are some of these questions? 
flashes. And the next no, in the next episode, we could do we could do a, a reoccurring segment, but another or like another episode for sure, taking a deeper dive into running, how you started really started running because we you you went over it, signing up with your friends, half marathon. I want to go into training if there was a plan in place running that first marathon or half marathon, that experience, you name it. Like a, a lot of questions and things that we can dive into. But you, this is my last question. You said um, after you ran that marathon, New York City Marathon with your brother that you caught the bug. Was that the moment or did you have another moment or uh, like just another moment that that's when you decided like, hey, I want to do this running thing more invest more into it and like you were diving headfirst into running was it at that that point new york city marathon with your brother or a different point that you said that you really love this and this is what you wanted to do i can't say that there was one moment to be honest it was a combination of a few things i think i started as i started running more i think i started to experience also just like the physical benefits of Mm -hmm. running how my body felt um you like for me running really is like a therapeutic process. Like for me going out for a run, it's my time for like mindfulness to process, to think I, as much as sometimes I struggle to get out the door, I just always have that self-talk of like, you know, you will feel infinitely better when you are done with your run. So I think I started to like learn just how running made me feel. I think this idea of running races and a marathon, I think going through the process, I started to also like, get connected on a smaller scale to the running community and kind of see running as as much as it is individual like that kind of team aspect of it that i mm-hmm. do as kind of a team sport person really enjoy i but i will say i was fortunate and i think everyone's first marathon can be a different experience I had a really good first marathon experience. Like I didn't hit a wall. It wasn't like, the, it was a decent time. Like it, very respectable for someone's like first marathon. Um, but I had the most fun. There are pictures of me at mile 18. I saw my parents. I am jumping off the ground. Like I'm this high off the wow. ground. Like I in a manic episode, <laughs> truly for that marathon. I remember crossing the finish line and the People who saw me, then they're like, did you even run? I just had a great day. I had so much fun. I felt great. So I kind of was like, oh, I want to do this again and do it better next mm-hmm. time. I think my second one was a totally different story. I'm surprised I ever run a marathon after that. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, I, I liked having that new athletic, like in this stage of my life, having a new athletic platform to like focus on, work on, create goals. It kind of, gave me something that I could do at this kind of later or kind of next stage in my life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I, I don't know if I really answered your question, no, but I you think. Did. It- yeah, no, you did. It, it was a series of events that led you to eventually like understand that you loved the sport or like that you wanted to continue to do it. Um, yeah. yeah. A series of events. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, all right. What's next? Are you signing up for the New York City half marathon today? Yeah, I just actually, right before we got on the call, remember when I was like, give me five more minutes. So I actually think I didn't realize this, but my half time from beginning of this year before I have <laughs> not really been able to run much qualifies me. So I think I actually get in. I've done it like oh, it's cool. usually, but I will get in. And wait, the exciting news today was that did you hear Boston? There is no time criteria 
or anyone who applied gets in this year. Really? So it's great. Yeah. The cutoff time is zero minutes this year. So thank God I finally will get to run Boston in April after missing the cutoff by 20 seconds this year, which was such a buzzkill. So yeah, that's, that's, that's upcoming focus on getting healthy and Boston. There you go. You can tell me all about Boston since you just, uh, good luck. That's all I got to say. Good luck. Training. No, just train in Hills. Just do run Hills every day and like, you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a beast, but it's so fun. Like it's so fun to, if you, if you properly train, understand yeah. the course and you understand like what you need to do to train for that specific course, you'll be fine. Everyone will be fine and it'll be fun. Uh, I just had a, I was less than prepared. And so I had yeah. a different experience. It's, it's a similar course actually to the, the marathon that I qualified on. It's a similar kind of like okay. down. Oh, but yeah, we'll see. There's also a, good crew, good Brooklyn track club crew mm-hmm. that I'll make going. So we'll be able to train and get yeah. out there together. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. This was fun. This was cool. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank great, you. great to have you on the show. <laughs> all all right. right. Well, you know what? Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, again, thank you. Stay tuned. More to come as always stay for the stories. Peace. Wow.